What I love about the NHAA is the fact that I just look around and there's all these really brainy people in there. And that, you know, they're all putting out papers all the time. You know, there's professors in there. There's, you know, all of these amazing people ever want any information. You know, there's simple things in there for practice owners and people who are in practice about, you know, how much you charge. But it does give people a starting point. You can download the Code of Ethics, and it's certainly one of the best ethics documents that I've seen around for any association doing anything. Hello and welcome. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners. This podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. Well, today I've got David Castellane with me and he's the president of the Naturopaths and Herbalists Association of Australia, the NHAA. I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming in and speaking to us today. And I'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the discussion on, us, on the association that we're both part of. Hi, Geraldine, and thank you for the invite. I uh, have a practice in Brisbane, so I'm one of the uh, part owners of a practice called Herds on the Hill. That's a practice which is essentially, we refer to it as a, a naturopathic general practice. So we have a range of naturopaths. We all tend to see pretty much whoever turns up, but, but we do also have some special areas of interest. So it's an interesting sort of concept. We're based in a, a medical specialist building. So we're right opposite the a main teaching hospital in Brisbane. And the building we're in is where all the specialists from the hospital have their private rooms. So it's quite an interesting place to work. Yeah, you'd be seeing lots in there, lots and lots. You have a past as a nurse as well. So it all sort of flows into one really there and that, you settle in. You know, you know how to speak to them. I know the feeling. You know how to... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know how yes. to get a job done. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> so I thought we'd have a little discussion today because your passion is herbs and herbalism and naturopathy. And you've been on the board for a while and then now you're the president of the NHAA. And as you were saying, you're actually only allowed six years to be a board member within the NHAA. And a little bit of background on the NHAA. You know, why is it here? Why have we got these associations? Mm. I mean, why the NHAA? How did we come about? Sure. The NHAA, quite wonderfully, yeah, this is our 100th year. So we've been an association in Australia for 100 years. Where that makes us the oldest natural medicine association. The NHAA did start as the uh, National Herbalists Association of Australia, and that's for the majority of our you know, time. That's mm. what we were, was mm. the National Herbalists. Interestingly, when you look back through the history of the NHAA, there's been a, a consistent want to do the best we can. So even back in the 1920s, there were submissions to be some form of government regulation. So you can see that there's been this long, the whole time we've been at an association, we've been wanting to be able to represent the best standards of the profession that we can. It was 
I actually can't remember exactly the year that we changed to be the Naturopaths and Herbalists Association, but it was around about 2014, I think. Mm, so relatively right. recently. Yeah. 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 The reason for that was the, the change in the name was that by that point, we actually had become majority uh, naturopaths. And in order, so we're now probably around about 80% naturopaths, 20% mm. herbalists, I guess. And that in order to be able to represent naturopaths well, as well as herbalists, we needed mm. to change our name. And so that's where the name change came from, or the idea of right. changing the name from, was to be able to make sure that we were representing both of those professions as well as we possibly could. The, um, one of the things I really love about the NHAA is if you ever want any information, you know, there's simple things in there for practice owners and people who are in practice about you know how much you charge I mean yes paper is old it's a few years old but it does give people a starting point you can download the ethics the code of ethics is you know it's as good as anyone that I had when I was nursing probably better and it's certainly one of the best ethics documents that I've seen around for an association for any association doing anything and all of this stuff is accessible by everyone so that you can find out whether or not your practitioner is with an association because if we're with an association we become accredited because that association says yeah that training works for us you you know you've done it you've got the grades you've passed or whatever you know you are within our standards and so that means that as society changes and as we you know as we develop things have gone university haven't they things are really with up the ante when I first started it was diplomas while I was training they became advanced diplomas there was only a couple of places and certainly not in Adelaide that you could get a degree and so we've slowly as we develop on and on and on the standards of education have gone up and up and up and the NHAA does seem to have followed along with that we've you know we're all up for these degree-based education standards and the one thing I do so I was asked this morning by somebody else you know why are you in you know two associations well, actually I'm in three but I'm in them because they all cover different things what I love about the NHAA is the fact that I just look around and there's all these really brainy people in there and that you know <laughs> they're all putting out papers all the time you know there's professors in there there's you know all of these amazing people and the NHAA is also affiliated and I actually don't know much about this and I'd love you to tell us more about the Naturopathic Federation and how that has happened and come about and what that does for us really. Yes there's a lot of uh, really interesting points there just thinking about education when you when we're picking up on that point and I don't want to forget any of the others so please bring back to them it's interesting that the NHAA has actually been was involved in the work to have the degree recognized as the minimum standard so and that happened in 2016 and the anyone who enrolled in was enrolled in a qualification sort of after that they needed to complete that qualification by 2018 so from the end of 2018 a degree is the minimum government recognized standard to be considered a naturopath or a herbalist and uh, that's how it is the actual diploma and advanced diploma they actually no longer exist so the that code was removed from the training package so there actually can't be a diploma or advanced diploma in naturopathy or herbal medicine western herbal medicine offered um, offered now the people who've got those get grandfathered (laughs) 
<laughs> I get grandfathered, absolutely. And grandfathering is a really, really important process. That's for people like myself who, you know, I mean, I, when I did my original naturopathy, I did a diploma. Yeah. The degree wasn't even considered at that point. You know, yeah. like when I did my nursing, I did a nursing yeah. certificate. Yeah. A degree is now the minimum to be a registered nurse, but my yeah. certificate is still absolutely valid. You know, yeah. and it's perfectly fine for me to be a registered nurse with a certificate yeah. from hospital training. So, you know, I mean, it's just we move on, but it's important that we bring our wise people with us. And they are, you know, we are the wise people in a way, you know, yeah. who who did our education in the profession all those years ago. And we have all that experience. We bring so much to the profession yeah. that we, the whole point of grandfathering is that you don't leave people behind. And yeah. that's actually a, a principle of grandfathering is that you don't do that. So anyone up until who finished their qualifications before the end of 2018, you know, there are absolute processes to go through for the grandfathering and that's that's very important the uh oh, what was the other thing you, oh, you do you want me to move on to the the world naturopathic federation yes or, um, yes, yes. So, now, let's um, hear about that yeah that's, that's that's actually very very exciting because that i'm uh, i'm actually the secretary i don't know whether you, you know that but i'm actually the, the, uh, the joint secretary for, to the wnf as well and that's been really an incredible eye-opener for me and that's the position from which i can sort of share how important the wnf is mm from being sort of there on the inside. And it gives a really, the whole idea of, of having the World Naturopathic Federation is to have a voice, yeah. to give naturopathy a voice. It's all very well for us all to stand on the side and jump up and down and squark and say, no one's taking any notice of us. You know, look at this wonderful research we have here and look at this bit over here. And no one listens to us. It's like, well, no, because we're not speaking their language. We need a unified world voice to be able to say, this is what naturopathy is. This is what it offers. This is how it, you know, interacts with other mm. health professions. This is where it fits in the health system. All of these things very important to establish. And that's what essentially what the World Naturopathic Federation is doing. When you look at the World Health Organization, they are very keen to support traditional medicines yeah. and to support traditional practices. That's actually a very big platform of the WHO. And so we get a lot of support from them in the work that we're doing to establish what naturopathy is. To that end, the, the NHAA has funded what's called a health technology assessment, that a HTA. Mm -hmm. And this is, it actually finishes up being a, a 450 page document. And that's actually interesting, the fact that it's 450 pages in that a health technology assessment is a set standard document. And so it is always 450 pages. And, uh, but there is, it was the, the format for it was set by some people in Australia, actually, interestingly. But this document sets out what naturopathy is, what it does, how it works. There's a whole range of information that this HTA provides. And that is what the government refers to to understand a health profession. So, and that is what we've been missing terribly. We've been missing the information to be able to give to government and say, this is what we do. This is us. This is why we're relevant. This is how we fit together. This is how we do this and that. And these are the things we can help with. Because we haven't had that, it's made conversations with government very difficult because every other health profession has that HTA. Yeah. And so 
if they want to know, you know, what's this aspect of acupuncture, they can go to the HTA and find out. So this is the thing that that's I think really I'm very proud of that we're doing with the NHDA's NHAA is doing. We actually have a, a future fund that we established to help pay for this. That finished up, you know, we started it at a very awkward time because we started at the end of last year yeah. and then we had the fires. And so we're like, okay, we really, you know, don't really feel like we should be money. asking people for money in the fires. Yeah. And then and then we had COVID and you yeah. know, they're like, yeah, oh, it's not really good not time a good year. For money now. But at some point, hopefully in the next, you know, within the next six months, we'll be able to get that funding campaign, the future fund, going again. The future fund came from a really interesting idea at the last NHAA international conference where there was a lot of support for we really want to do stuff to help the profession. You know, people were very keen to do that. So it's like, well, let's establish it. In the past, we've actually had a fighting fund, but we wanted a bit more sort of inclusive terminology. And I don't like fighting. It was, uh, let's go with future funds. So that's what we've established. So the main thing that we want to fund with that is this health technology assessment. I mean, we've we've actually committed $50,000 to doing that. I mean, it's anything we raise is going to help us do other things as well, you know. So yeah. we, we absolutely want to be able to help, you know, get people to contribute when we can. But that health technology assessment, I think, is really important. And it's that's being done by the World Naturopathic Federation, but it's a it's a project that we've actually we actually financed. But there's a lot of really interesting things that the because the the World Naturopathic Federation's been around since around 2014 as well, right. and they really are looking at how we can promote naturopathy on the world stage. So there's a uh, like an environmental toxins video that we've recently released, looking just helping people understand simple ways that they can improve their health just by looking at their environment you know looking at their environment and making some changes around the home where they can that they might not be aware of you know so uh, that's the sort of thing that we're really promoting as well as now the other thing that the WNF was very important in was the uh, rapid reviews so yes they've been amazing they are aren't they (laughs) Uh, they're amazing no one else has thought you know those rapid reviews were wicked i have to say kudos brilliant yeah and so that's the thing you see it's all very well for us to say oh look there's research on vitamin c there's stuff Mm. on zinc there's stuff on this but unless you put it together and actually do a systematic review Mm. looking at okay what's here what are the parameters we're going how are we going to search do the search and etc and then write it up in a specific way, unless you do it and follow a protocol, you really don't have, you're not getting the evidence together in a way that anyone else outside naturopathy is going to understand or look at. And that's why these were so important because they were written in a language that external people would understand. And so the idea then is that will establish the ground for others to take the next step and start doing research on those particular things, which I think yeah. would be fantastic. Yeah. So I'm really proud of those. Um, they were amazing. Reviews. I was really yep. impressed that they 
came out when they did. They all the all the work on Arbutin as well. All of oh, those. Yeah. Yes. And let's not forget Arbutin because for oh, the well. naturopaths and herbalists out there, Arbutin being taken away, this means nothing to anybody who's randomly come across this podcast who's got no idea what Arbutin is. But this, right. this was huge for us. <laughs> huge. Huge. Two of our of our amazing herbs. Yeah. And that was that actually came on that uh, ruling by the TGA happened very shortly after I joined the, the NHAA board. So that's how long that's been dragging yeah. on. That's three years. Yeah. And I was really, you know, I was part of that, obviously, because I was the, the chair of the professions committee at the time. And I thought, there is no way we are going to let this very, this unreasonable understanding of our herb allow yeah. it to take that herb away, you know? Because yeah. once yeah. you start, once you actually looked at the chemistry and the biochemistry and how it worked and what was happening in the body, you could see that to cross-reference Arbutin with, uh, no, well, oh, anyway, the, anyway. Uh, the chemical. But it doesn't matter because, like, but, we've got know, it you, back. Exactly. To cross-reference it, reference it with a carcinogenic chemical with what was happening. Yeah. Cross-reference with that was unreasonable. So yeah. we yeah. absolutely determined that we would show that was unreasonable and we've been able to do that and we've got it back. Yeah. First yeah. of October. Yay. Yeah. It's <laughs> just start. We've all been hanging out, oh, you know, we all absolutely. immediately were on the top of it. We had the, well, you had, I didn't, you had the guys had the research out on it saying, this is what it is. Don't worry. We figured this out. We've got it all written down here. Yes. You can figure out the molecular weight. It was a really yes. exciting paper, mm. that one. Mm. And the molecular weight of the chemical in the herb, the arbutin component. And I did read it. I fell slightly asleep. I seem to remember. But it was, I was just like, this is brilliant. You've yeah. done this for yeah. us immediately. Yes. Then, unfortunately, takes all that time yes. through the you know, yeah. paperwork system and the government and all the rest of it. But it was very clear right from that first bit, you guys came out straight away with all the evidence and it was very clear we were going to get it back. It yeah, was it just was, a, wasn't it? You could mm, see from the evidence that we presented that it was, yeah. it, was a, it was a no-brainer that we would get it back. <laughs> yeah. Just and, um, I mean, waiting for it to happen. Yeah, um, we do absolutely have the NHAA to thank for all the people within it and all of the brains within it to mm-hmm. thank. I wasn't part of those brains. I'll put yep. that out there. Yep. Um, yep. And I, I will, that, just before we leave that one, I just yeah. want to say that we did work in partnership with Complementary Medicines Australia. So that's actually mm-hmm. the association for the manufacturers. So they worked with us. So we created a working party with members from Complementary Medicines Australia. And so overall, there was probably a dozen of us working on it. But certainly, you know, the, the NHAA, I, I think, has been quite rightly take credit for that. It was, I uh, think so. Because you know, it was straight out with it. It yep. was, yep. you know, it was immediately. We got the first thing out before all of these work, before you met up with everybody else, you'd, we'd already received as members, yep. this yep. is what it is. This is the chemical component. This is yep. the weight. Yep molecular weight all of that stuff had already come out and then it was like right now we've got to go and make sure we've got all the right people and that's the big thing isn't it knowing all the people being able to communicate with them Mm. being able to set up these groups and get together and that's why we need our associations we need people who can do all this stuff who can coordinate all this stuff and know all the right people so for me to be interviewing i'm interviewing three members of three associations and you all told me who each other were that I needed to speak to (laughs) you know (laughs) you are (laughs) although with every association we have different thoughts and feelings and all this stuff is slightly different everybody's working towards our betterment as a group of people so 
it's I'm a member of the NHA. I do tend to go on a bit about the NHA. <laughs> um, but, you, know, <laughs> you know, slightly partial, slightly partial. <laughs> now, for the trick question at the end of the conversation. Yes. The trick question. Trick okay. question. You ready? Yep. What is your favourite herb? <laughs> well, you know that's like asking who your favourite child is, don't you? <laughs> Totally. Totally. <laughs> it's, so so it's a very rude question, I must say. I just will let you know, Geraldine. It's a very rude question. But uh, I think actually what you'll probably find with a lot of herbalists is that our favourite herb changes over time. Okay. And for many years uh, it was probably passionflower, probably would be on the top of my list. Well, it's yeah. been the top of my list for a long time. At the moment I'm probably... It's probably neck and neck with Siberian ginseng, but that's partly because I've been involved in a project with Thea Gerontakis and uh, she did her honours on adaptogens, which was pretty fantastic and she's published a couple of papers on that now but we're just about to publish a paper where in the process of her I was her, one of her I was her assistant supervisor in her honours so that's how mm-hmm. I was as involved in this but in the process of doing her honours on adaptogens we included Alexander Chikov from St Petersburg oh, and wow. he's incredible wow. and he said to Sophia actually you really got the passion for this come over and I'll let's work through the archives and find the old research from the uh, from 40 years ago more that's been hidden in the archives in Russia and so she went there for a month and with the help of an interpreter has found this amazing research on Siberian ginseng and uh, we've got a paper that we're about to that's about to be published but she's also going to be doing the next SEQ Herbs presentation and that's going to be a like a webcast one on her travels to Russia and on what she found out about Siberian ginseng. So I'm in the process probably of changing favourite child from passionflower to Siberian ginseng. But at the moment they're neck and neck. At the moment they're neck and neck. Well, that's very important. You know, I mean, we've all got about 200 children as parents. Well, that's right. (laughs) That's the thing, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I did notice. I actually, because I went through and did a, you know, a stock take and because things get out of date and all the rest of it. And I went through yeah. and had a look and I was like, oh, I haven't used you in a long time. <laughs> and often what I find though is because you see a lot of different people and that it sort of knocks on. You'll see a lot of people going through menopause, but then they'll recommend their children or something. So yeah, their exactly. children, will, their teenagers will yes. come. So then you see a lot of teenagers and then, you know, the teenagers tell their other friend who tells them, you know, and so it goes on and on. And so herbs tend to, they'll sit there for a while. You use them a lot. You didn't all stop using sudden, them. Yes. yes and then all, all of a sudden, sudden it's like, on. oh, yeah. I haven't touched that for ages. Yes. And you think, <laughs> actually, you think, how on earth did that go out of date? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I remember ordering that bottle after bottle after bottle, week after week, and now suddenly nothing. Yes. No nothing. one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an amazing situation where we just have so much as herbalists, naturopaths, to be able to choose from, to really individualise that medicine for our clients. So um, it's an incredible, incredible thing that we've all learned to do through all of our education and thanks to the associations for supporting that education, that change of education and that continuing support of us as a profession. So I think it's probably time for us to wind it up there, but it's been absolutely brilliant 
talking to you. I thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This will be out on the YouTube channel. It'll be in the podcast, but I will also post it in my education group, Strictly Education and Support on Facebook for naturopaths, herbalists, nutritionists and practitioners. So one, it will be seen by many people. Thank you very, very much, David. It has been lovely speaking to you. Thanks, Geraldine. Thanks for the invite. It's been lovely speaking to you too. Thanks so much for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes. If you'd like even more support and learning, then the Academy is for you. Here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.